the Colby Daniels Podcast, a Wednesday edition, which means Aaron Davis is in today for our Wednesday conversation. Aaron, how was your 4th of July? Happy Wednesday. What's happening, my friend? Uh, my 4th of July, it, it didn't suck. I just didn't do anything because uh, okay. I had to work on the 4th and I had to work on the 5th. So it was uh, on the 4th, wake up at 4 a.m. and go to bed at 9 p.m. And then that was that was my 4th. Okay. So, so really sit, sitting in the house, anything. soothing your dogs from all the uh, explosions, right? Fireworks. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Ro- Rosie was out of town, so I was home alone, and it was just, I just, literally, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to go to bed. Like, <laughs> I was in bed before it was dark. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, I get that. Yeah, not much. I saw you uh, were operating some motor vehicles. Uh other than, you know, your traditional road vehicles, some off-road vehicles, if you will. Yeah, a few. Um, we we went to my dad's uh, for the extended weekend. Um, first time we've been there in, like, a year and a half. He, uh, he, he had a really bad motorcycle accident in 2019, and literally it's been, like, a two-year recovery with, like, 20 plus surgeries and it's just it's been a, a really long journey so because of all of the in and out of the hospital situations last year and the surgeries like he really couldn't be around anybody um so uh we yeah we haven't been there in like a year and a half so we we went down um we did uh we actually did christmas because we weren't able to do christmas in december with them uh, so we actually did Christmas in July. We did, they wanted to see the kids hunt Easter eggs. So they did Easter, Christmas, and uh, 4th of July all in, in one long weekend. And then, uh, yeah, little man got to ride four wheelers and go-karts and he just had a ball. So, I mean, as a kid, you're going to tell me we're doing all the good holidays oh, on yeah. one weekend. Yeah. I'm going to get to ride four wheelers and go-karts like yeah. the best weekend ever. Yeah. And it's the fourth? And it's the fourth, do, yeah. How how do you do with fireworks? Better this year than previous years, but it's still probably a lot like your dogs. He doesn't like the loud bangs. It you know, it starts out okay, but after after a few of them, he's pretty much lost interest and the noise completely outweighs, you know, the the fancy lights and sparkles. I don't remember I don't recall ever having an issue with fireworks. My brother had a real tough time with fireworks. I, don't, I mean, he did it way. Him, him, him has been five or six, and still fireworks were not were a no go for him. But I don't remember myself. I'm sure I did when I was little, but I just don't remember ever having a big problem with fireworks. Yeah, same. I can remember being about. I mean, maybe a little older than him, but. I can remember being close to that age and my parents didn't give a damn. I, I'm I'm like lighting blackjacks and M60s and everything in my hands and throwing them when I was like five or six. As you're supposed to. Yeah, as you're yeah, as as it was meant to be. And uh yeah, he's like he's like watching them from a distance, covering his ears and just doesn't like the pops. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure surely at some point. I'm sure I was afraid of them, but I think I remember yeah. going to fireworks shows in Austin when I, I mean, I had to have been super little because it's a very faint memory. I must have, like, I had to have been four, four ish. And I remember going, but I don't remember being, afraid. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. 
So I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but we were there for the 4th of July in 2016. And this was when Lauren was pregnant with Carter. And there were, uh, like at that point, I remember there were like Zika. Do you remember the Zika virus by any chance? Yeah. So like the, the worry with the Zika virus was that like you could get bit by mosquitoes and it really impacted like pregnant women. Anyway, that year mosquitoes were really bad. So when we were there for the 4th of July that year, they're all setting out uh, fireworks. So we sat, we like pulled up my truck over by the area where they were doing the fireworks. And we just had the windows rolled up and the AC flowing. Cause it's like 110 in the Texas panhandle in July. And uh, we had like, I had, I had created this 4th of July mix on the, uh, on the iPod that I was playing as we watched fireworks. So my brother has this brilliant idea that he's going to shoot off like six or seven Roman candles at the same time. So he's got like six or seven Roman candles in his hands, bunched up, lights them all at the same time. They start shooting. Meanwhile, in the truck, Lauren and I are sitting there watching everything and I'm proud to be an American comes on, you know, so I like crank it way up. So it's loud. So that song is playing, and all of a sudden, one of the Roman candles my brother is firing backfires. And it burns him to the point that he drops all the Roman candles as they're lit and shooting. So all six or seven of these Roman candles fall to the ground as he drops them and start firing in in all different directions. So this was like, this was completely out of a movie Right at the chorus of, and I'm proud to be an American. All of these, all of these Roman candles are firing in every direction and people are like diving behind four wheelers and diving behind cars and like dodging these fireballs that are being shot at everybody's faces. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So fast forward to 2021 And uh, for some reason, like you always hear about these people that are just completely unsafe with fireworks and getting burned by fireworks. You're like, who are these people? Well, I'm here to tell you, these people are my family. When you hear about people having these firework accidents, you're like, who the hell has fireworks? My family does. That's who these people are. Because for some reason, I don't know if they didn't know what fireworks they bought or if they're just completely unaware of how far away you need to be from fireworks, like a safe distance. We all get the lawn chairs out. We sit down, start doing the fireworks. And they start lighting these things off. And I mean, we're like 20 feet away from where they're, they're lighting these things. And they're getting, they've got like the, like the firework show firework packages. Oh, so, like the big mortars. Like Yes. The- we're like 20 feet away from these things. So some of them would either shoot in the air. And the, the worst one was one that shot in the air and didn't explode. And then it's on its way back down. And we're like, oh shit. And then about the time it's about to hit the ground, it explodes like almost ground level. And we're all sitting there and there's just rockets firing at everybody, uh, which was scary as hell. The other one, um, I think one of the, one of the mortars fell over before it actually shot. Oh, that that's classic. So that, yeah. Yeah. So that comes, you know, screaming at the whole family. Like my family is the group of people that always ends up on the news because somebody blew themselves up. Look, look, if you're buying the if you're buying your own mortars 
from a stand, it's inevitable that one of them is going to tip over. Yes. I, as you light it and walk back, it's yeah. going to tip over, and you're going to have that brief second where you're like, oh, shit, do I have enough time to yeah. go put it back up? Or should I, are we just, it, this, we're just doing this. It's just shooting out to the side. Yeah. My brother took time, a you know, fireball to the shin, which uh, he let out a lot of expletives when it hit. Um, I had one graze the top of my arm, but uh, luckily my cat-like reflexes uh, got me out of the way before it like before I took it to the chest. But, yeah. Well, a couple things about Roman candles. One, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think I think everybody that I think everybody that like has a family that does fireworks has Roman candle stories. My I, when I was a kid, I always heard the story of my, about my stepdad and his buddies shooting Roman candles at this house, and uh, the house ended up catching on fire. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> they like I don't know which one of them, but one of them shot it like. Poof. And I just hit the roof in like the right way, and I get—I mean, it's Texas, so I'm sure it was dry. Yeah. And just, just the whole roof just like engulfed in flames. <laughs> I don't remember if the whole house burnt down or what happened, but I remember hearing that story a bunch. And look, if you use Roman candles as they're intended, they suck. It's the worst yeah. firework. You Super have lame. to shoot it at people. Yeah. You have to shoot it at people yeah. for it to be good. Otherwise, you're just holding. It. Right. You get like four little fireballs yeah. and you're like, okay, that sucked. Which is why my brother thought it would be a good idea to fire six or seven off at one time. That's great because that's yeah. how you use Roman candles. Exactly. The problem is when you drop them all and they're all still active, everybody has to run for their lives. Look, if you, yeah, look, if you use a Roman candle as is intended, it's, it, it's, it's a sparkler basically. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's as fun as a sparkler. For sure. Um, Look, some, sometimes you do fireworks and you might you might have a JPP situation and that's a risk you take. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the putting everybody who is witnessing the fireworks show's lives in danger that takes my family's experience to a whole nother level. It's not just one person like putting some fingers in jeopardy. It's that anybody oh, well. that's sitting there spectating this immaculate event is literally 20 feet away from a fireball impaling their chest. Look, that's the that's the fun part of it, too, is it's no fun if you're only making yourself nervous. You got to make everybody else <laughs> nervous, too. Yeah. And then it's fun. Then you're having a good yeah. fourth. But it's weird, though, because I don't feel like uh, I don't feel like New Year's Eve is this type of behavior with fireworks. I don't feel like people on New Year's Eve are like throwing Roman candles at the ground and just having them just fire right, off yeah. in random directions. But the fourth, though, the, the fourth is just I, maybe because it's more uh, you. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's more of a all day drinking thing. So when you get to the actual fireworks in the evening, you're getting a little more frisky with your uh, your firework antics. But it's like New Year's Eve is more reserved with the fireworks. I have a theory on this. So my theory is because it's Independence Day and we're celebrating our freedom. And that's that's being told to you. You're you know we're, we're celebrating freedom, we're independent, all that. You're also being told be safe with fireworks. So people like are like, I'm free to do, to do whatever that. the hell I okay. want to do. That's that's that, that's my theory fireworks. on how people treat fireworks on the Fourth of July versus any other that. time of the year. I could see that everybody's a rebel. 
that the Fourth of July does feel very. Re- it does feel like a very rebellious <laughs> twenty four hours. Yeah. I could see that. Oh yeah. By the way, speaking of, uh, so I don't. I don't know if you saw. I, I, you probably weren't on Twitter much on Sunday, but I was because I didn't do anything. There were a lot of people bitching at ESPN on Twitter for showing the hot dog eating contest. They show it every year. Yeah, I, there are there are people complaining like, "Oh, this isn't a sport. Why are you showing this? Oh, show some real sport or something." So, and Twitter, man. But I was just like, I don't know what we're doing. Like they've been doing that, like you said, they've been doing that for. Decades. Yeah. It's always on ESPN. On, There's no other sports like, anyway. Like on, on right before board. noon on the 4th of July. Yeah. What else are they going to show you? Do people really want to watch uh, Marlins Rays game at 1 p.m.? No, they want to watch that's the not, yeah, hot That's dogs. not even on yet. Yeah, right. The hot dog like, eating contest is before anything else even kicks off. And here's the other thing, Aaron. This year, I, I, I wasn't on Twitter much, but I did get on Twitter during the hot dog eating contest because about halfway through... ESPN lost their feed. Oh. So for like, so I think around the five minute mark, they lost it. They got it back with like a minute left. And then as Joey Chestnut in the final 20 seconds was on the verge of setting a new hot dog record, they lost the feed again. So there was a period of time where the thing ended. We all knew Joey Chestnut had won, but we didn't know if Joey Chestnut set the new record for how many hot dogs he could consume in a 10 minute period. Oh, that's good suspense. So I did log on to Twitter briefly for that for that specific event, and Twitter was going bananas that ESPN had lost the hot dog eating feed. Look, man. Japan had Kobayashi. We took that back. We had Joey Chestnut, but now they've got Otani. So it's back to a tie game. Yeah. By the way, uh, real quick, one more thing real quick, just uh, since we last talked. So have you, uh, have you seen the movie Nobody? Nobody. Is that... Uh... Oh, what's his name? It's uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yes, yes, yes. I, 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 I want to see it. It looks awesome. Okay, okay, yeah, watch it. I watched okay. it uh, a couple of days ago, and look, you're gonna watch it, and you're gonna say this is the exact plot of John Wick. Everything's like it's just a complete ripoff right. of John Wick, which it is. But you know what? It's still freaking awesome. But it's Bob still, Odenkirk, right? And they rip off all the awesome action. So <laughs> yes, like. It's it's not as it's not as awesome as John Wick because John Wick's the the OG when it comes to like that style of action movie, but it's yeah. still fantastic. Bob, o- I mean, who doesn't have Bob Odenkirk? Right. Christopher Lloyd's in it. Like, it's a it's a fun movie. I can appreciate yeah, that. It's, it's a good time. I would definitely check it out. It's incredibly violent, and incredibly awesome. Where did you watch it? Uh, I ordered it on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's like an interesting question now. When a movie comes out, you have to ask like... How'd you watch it? In, yeah, yeah because it might be streaming. It might be in the theater. It might be on only specific streaming uh, networks. Like, Yeah, I had to pay for it. So okay. I paid like four bucks to rent it. Oh, that's something. Um, worth it. Totally worth it. But yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> Bob Odenkirk's one of the... I mean, he played Sa- uh, Saul in Breaking Bad. I'm yeah. like, Saul's... Could have done this. One of the all-time great characters, by the way. Yes, 100%. And I need to catch up on on Better Call Saul, actually. I've never... I watched the first episode, and I was like, this is good. Like, it feels like Breaking Bad. And I just... For whatever reason, I just never kept watching it. Yeah. I I enjoyed the first episode, but... I watched, like, three seasons, but I don't... I I don't know where they're at now, but I haven't... I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah. Um... 
so many shows for me, man. I can't. Yeah. Like the other day, I was like searching yesterday morning because I'm off for a couple of days. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a new show to watch, and just like I spent like 15 minutes like searching. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know which one to pick. So I ended up freaking watching like an episode of The Sopranos, which I'm sl- like oh, I still yeah. haven't finished. Still, I'm still working Aaron. on finishing it. I can't commit. Like I cannot commit to TV shows right now. Yeah. I can commit to the Marvel shows because I know they're like six episodes long, and I'm like, right. well, I'll just. Like it's one episode a week and I, I can just make it like watch one a week and I can't I'm, commit to eight fine. seasons of something with hour long right. episodes. Yeah, no, I get like that. I'm looking, I want some, I want to binge something so bad, but I can't commit to binging anything right now. Yeah. Loki is fantastic by the way. Yes, it is very good. I'm excited. I'm uh, anxiously awaiting Rosie to get off work so we can watch the next episode. Cause yeah. The last episode left on a pretty awesome clip. It did. Up. It did. I, I Marvel is genius right now at, at like just the concept of these shows, right? Like how they're telling the story, I think is it's it's fantastic. It's so unique to what we generally get, where everything feels like it's uh, already been done, and uh, yeah, they're doing a great job. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and I I said it before though, and then uh, we can we don't have to talk about Marvel a bunch again. But uh, I'm just so sucked in at this point where like something could be bad, and I probably would still like it. As long as it, like, continued some storytelling in the world, I'd be like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. Well, I'm at least going to watch it, yeah. I'm well, yeah, you. exactly. Even if I don't like it, I'll uh, I'll probably suffer. Like, they could make a bad season, and I'll suffer through the whole thing just because right. they've uh, they've gained enough cred in my mind that uh, I'm going to at least let it play out. And in the back mm-hmm. of my mind, no matter how bad it is, I'm going to expect that at the end, I, it's, there's, I'm going to be completely amazed. Right, you're, you're going to be like, ah, damn it, I need the next thing now. <laughs> yeah. When's the next movie or show coming out? Because I need to know what happens. That's yeah. the thing that sucks, though, about Marvel is it's not just like one movie t- going into like a sequel. It's like, yeah. oh, they have this this like teaser at the end of this movie, and now I've got to wait like two years. Oh, I know. To get like the actual answer to that teaser, but there's going to be small like, teases in like the other like six movies in between yeah and like i just want to get to the end and see what happens by the way i love the feature on disney plus where you get done watching the marvel movie and then it gives you the option to skip the credits to the extra scene have you seen that no i didn't notice it i just fast forward like as soon as the credits roll i just fast forward and see if there's a scene at the end yeah on mine now like uh it it says uh skip credits and i just click the enter button and it skips to the scene at the end yeah nice yeah it's legit i'm like yes I'm trying to do that in the theaters i'm gonna go i'm i already bought my tickets to go see black widow which i my my expectations are pretty low for black widow just cuz she's she's a good character she's not really but a like, superhero but yeah right yeah she's not and she's never like been a character that really interested me that much but she's a great robin right great sidekick yeah 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 but I mean, I, I thought that uh, all of the Disney series, other than Loki, were just about background, like side characters, and they ended up being pretty good. So maybe the movie will be yeah. good too. Uh, is that the first movie you're going to see in a long time, or have you been? Uh, I went to, I saw Tenet last year in theater. Okay. Which was, it was cool. It was fun. Super freaking long, but uh, it was a good theater experience. And then uh, I went and saw Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers in theaters last year. So. Oh, okay. 
I went a couple of times last year, but this is the first one that's like, I'm like planning it out ahead of time. Like the, the Lord of the Rings and Tenet was just a spur of the moment. Like, um, you want to go to the movies tonight? Like, let's do something. This is like, I bought my tickets yesterday for tomorrow and like, I'm such a loser. I got, I, I feel like a sheep getting sucked into the nice. freaking Disney to buying my yeah. tickets like four days in advance. Yeah, you are. Yeah. The last movie I saw in the theaters was Avengers Endgame in uh, December of 2019. And not that I've been against going to a movie. There's just not been one that I wanted to see bad enough to go see it in a theater. Yeah. So I love go I love going to the movies. So like last 2020, like yeah. I checked a lot. Like I would check pretty frequently, especially as we got to the end of the year and like things started opening back up a little yeah. bit. And I'm like checking it like every week. And I'm like, these I don't want to see any of these movies. These right. movies sound like they suck. Yeah. And nobody would have been awesome. I should have went and saw nobody, but I would have had to go by myself. And I just that it just never happened because Rosie couldn't handle the violence. But have you ever been to a movie happened. by yourself? Oh, I when I was single, I went to movies by myself all okay. the time, and it was awesome. Some people are very much against that. Uh, I loved it. I love going to movies. I mean, yeah. Look, first off, I could go in. But if I go by myself, I'll get a drink and that's it. I don't need to spend – I'm not going to spend $30 at the concession stand. I'm going to spend 5 If that, hell, I might not even get a drink. So I just spend $10 on the ticket, go see the movie, and maybe I can walk out with spending $10. Yeah. And, like, I'm in a movie. It's not like I'm trying to talk to the person I'm with. So why – I? now I won't really go by myself. But when I was single, yeah, I'd go all the time by myself. Yeah. I loved it. When uh, when I did the nine to eleven show, I would go see matinees after oh. uh, after doing the show all the time. It was fantastic. Yeah, that's a great move right there. Like five people in the theater, a matinee on. Yeah, like, nobody there. Day. Yeah. Although one that's time I was the only person in the theater, like literally the only one. So I picked my seat. I had like the prime seat. Nobody else there. I'm I'm chilling. And then right as the movie's about to start, this guy comes in. I'm like, ah, damn it. Like, I thought I was going to have the, the entire movie theater to myself. So he walks in, and he, like, kind of stands there, you know, scouting the seating situation, uh, deciding where he wants to sit. This was before the assigned seats. And uh, he's looking, and so he starts coming up the stairs, and I'm like, don't sit close to me, man. Like, we have an oh, entire stop. theater. Like. So then he comes to my row, and I'm like, oh, for oh, crying out loud, are you kidding this, this, me? This is the dude that's going to go to the urinal next to you when there's yes. five other urinals open. So now he's on my row, and I'm like, I hate, I don't even know this guy, but I hate this human being. And then he sits down, literally, in the seat next to me. Like, sits down, and I'm just like... It's no way. Yes, and I'm so oh. annoyed. Like, I, the annoyance level is at an all-time high, and he just sits there... And, like, settles in and starts eating his popcorn. And probably five to ten seconds goes by. And then he, like, bumps me on the, like, with the, sh you know, with the elbow. Like, bumps me and he goes, I'm just fucking with you, man. And, like, stands up and walks <laughs> walks back out of the row and then, like, goes to, like, another seat. It was, it ended up being funny as hell. But in the moment, oh, he got awesome. me, man, because I was triggered really hard. That's, uh, that, that is, that's, that's hilarious. Did, yeah. did he at least stay in the movie or was he just, like... Yeah, no, he stayed in the movie, but he went to, you know like, what? yeah. Shout out to that guy. Yeah, I respect like, the move. Either 
either he thought about it before he walked into the theater and he's like, it's a matinee on a weekday. Like, yeah. if there's one dude in there, I'm just going to fuck with him. Yeah. Or he walks in and there's one, you're the only one in there. And just like immediately, he's just like, all right, I'm about to fuck with this guy. Target acquired. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I told the story on the radio show. I don't know if you remember. I went and saw when we were uh, down in, we were in Dallas for OU Texas. And the night before the game, I decided to go to the movies. Oh, yes. And I went and saw Joker, and the theater had, like, uh, it was weird. They had, like, love seats in one of the sections, and yeah. there was all was left. So I bought an, an individual love seat. There was, like, a, a full love seat, two seats empty, and I bought one of the t- seats because that's what was left. And some other dude buys the seat next to me. <laughs> yeah. It comes and sits down on this thing. There's no divider in between <laughs> us. It's, like, legitimately yes. like a love seat, like a couch, like a two-seat couch. And – Pops down next to me and he's like, hey man, how do I recline this thing? And I'm like, dude, you got to be freaking kidding me. (laughs) There were other empty seats. Like there were still love seats that had like both seats open. Right. You could have picked your own love seat, bro. Right. And you picked the one freaking next to me and like just had all this like candy and snacks. There's like, like being so loud. I just, so like before the movie even started, I moved seats and I was just like, this is. This is absurd. Yeah, that's then, bad. You know what? I'm glad that I didn't have to watch that movie next to some dude that I wanted to kill. Oh, yeah. That would have sent you over the edge for sure. So these NBA finals, you excited for them? Yeah, actually. I'm, uh, I, I wish that it would have been the Hawks. I mean, the Bucks are going to be a better matchup in that finals with the Suns, but I, I just, I would have loved to have seen Trey Young in the finals, but, yeah. um, yeah, I'm, I'm in, man. Like, especially if Giannis is back, which he, I mean, he looked good last night. It didn't look like he had much issues with his knee. Um, I'm in. Both teams are healthy. They're really the only two teams that stayed healthy through the playoffs. And, like, you, 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 made, right. you made the joke last week and uh, about, like, it, it's fitting that the only two healthy teams or the ones in the finals are, like, the ones, the teams that were going to the finals were going to be the ones that were the healthiest. And uh, I'm in, man. And Chris Paul is playing out of his freaking mind, like, I playing the best of his career. League, yeah, I was about to say he's been in the league a long time, so it's hard to like really pinpoint when he like if this is his best basketball he's ever played because he was he was pretty damn good in uh, in New Orleans as far as just like night to night just doing everything yeah. at a high level. But I mean he's he's unbelievable. I mean ever since he came back, he had that one bad game after the uh, the I guess it was a COVID like suspension or whatever you want to call it where he missed he missed the couple few games yeah he had a bad game when he returned but since then i mean he's just been on fire and just it's it's incredible and uh deandre ayton is probably the most impressive guy on on the floor in this series just because he's improved so much from where he was at at the beginning of the playoffs until now you think it's ayton or bridges because I think Bridges is massively underrated for what he gives that team. He, Bridges has been really good, but I think just Aiton is just—he's become such a dominant defensive force throughout the playoffs, yeah. and offensively. I mean, he's good, obviously, but I don't know what Phoenix's window looks like because Chris Paul's so old. I don't know if Booker and Aiton are necessarily by themselves and continue this uh, run with Phoenix into the future. But I mean, if Aiton is improving is where he's at if bridges is improving where he's at and booker is you're going to be booker then i mean it definitely if you're a Suns fan makes you feel a little bit better if 
Chris Paul retires in a couple of years, that maybe this window you have like a four or five year run. Yeah. I, I think the nucleus is there. I mean, with with uh, Devin Booker, uh, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. Ayton is also a lot more athletic than I think most people gave him credit for. Because yeah. uh, I think most people just saw like seven foot, like big, but not necessarily like run the floor. Um, I mean, that, that play last night where he like was in transition and caught the ball like maybe a step inside the three point line and ends up laying the ball up. Like that was, that was really impressive for a seven footer. Um, but like the intangibles that Chris Paul and Jay Crowder bring are, are just things that they will have to find probably with veteran free agents until their, their young stars are, have been in the league longer. But I I think they will be from a talent standpoint, I think they will be fine going forward. I think that that was a problem too. I mean, I think you're 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 the nail on the head there. Is I think that was a problem before. Like last year, I know they had a good run in the bubble, but like you you just watch them. You watch that team play over the past couple of years, and you just get a feeling of like there's not they don't have that organization that they need. They don't have that guy on the floor like a Chris Paul who can really dictate the pace of the game and like yeah. run their offense and like really be the coach on the floor. And like you said, I mean. I don't think Devin I don't think Devin Booker is going to ever transition into being that because he's just he's got to be so focused on scoring because he's got to be that scorer especially in the backcourt. Maybe Aiton progresses a little bit and that takes a little bit of pressure off of Booker scoring, but just the way the NBA is played now. Yeah. I mean, it's just hard to think that Booker's ever going to be in a situation where he can't be score first. But look how and, good campaign played with that team yeah, and played, I mean they yeah. were still having success, so yeah, that's true. Maybe it doesn't necessarily have to be a guy of Chris Paul's caliber, just a guy that can play the point guard that isn't, you know, a score first point guard. And those aren't easy to find in the NBA these these days. Right. But I think if you pair that with Devin Booker, then I mean, yeah, it could, it could definitely continue. Maybe it's a, I don't know, a, like a a Kimba Walker caliber point guard. Yeah, you know, well, Kimba's a score first guy too, so. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Milwaukee, though, Milwaukee's a little bit more interesting to me because if they lose, so I think Bud's fine. He saved his job. Boonholzer saved his job by getting to the finals. But if they don't win the finals, I mean, what do you do? I mean, you're going to run it back again? I just, I, you got to change something, but I don't know what you change. I mean, Drew's locked up. Middleton's under contract. Giannis is locked up. Like, I just don't know what you change on that Milwaukee team. But if they don't win the finals, like, you got to change something. You can't run it back again. For what, like the fourth year in a row? That well, they, they just, back exactly they the just same? brought in Drew this year, and That's they just true. brought in PJ. So, yeah, PJ I don't know. I, I think they're at a point. They're so good defensively that they're always going to have a chance to win just because defense travels. But well, I'm and, with you. Yeah, you got to do something. And, and I, look, and, I'll say this, too. I, I felt like they were going to lose last night regardless because, like, getting Giannis back obviously changes the flow of what you did the last two games, right? All of a sudden, all those guys that were required to do just a little bit more now Drew have to do, do a little bit did, less. Yeah. And yet, th- I think there's also just an adjustment period anytime you have like players of that magnitude that um, have that high of a usage rate where everybody else has to kind of figure out once again like how and when and where they fit in. Let me ask you this, and this is going to sound like a stupid question. Are the Bucks a better playoff team without Giannis? No. Okay. 
I just think that I think they still just need they they need to take him off the ball more. Bottom line. I, yeah. Their offense just flows so much better when he's not dominating the basketball. I mean, it seems obvious just to play him in like a shack role, right? Yes, like yeah, we've been saying that for forever. And look, you can do more with him than you could with Shaq because his skill set is different, and he has the skill set to to use him in different ways. But that doesn't mean that you have to play him on the perimeter so much, and that doesn't mean the offense always has to go through him. I just I think the offense looks way more free flowing when the ball's not. In his hands. That doesn't mean he can't be the guy finishing the you know your offensive plays. It doesn't mean that he can't be your leading scorer. I just don't think he needs to dominate the basketball as much. I think everything just gets really congested when he's touching the ball a lot, especially when the ball's not moving and it's him just on the dribble, right? Yeah, it is interesting that... So, last year, I mean, it's really since Giannis really took that MVP form... Milwaukee's always been a great defensive team. There's yeah. that, I, at no point in the last like three or four years has anybody said that Milwaukee's a, not good defensively. And then you bring in Drew. You give up a lot to bring in Drew. And then you don't really change up your offense any. You just added another defender, which Drew's a great defender, and he makes that team even better defensively. But you didn't need to be better defensively necessarily. You needed to be better offensively. You needed to have more versatility. And like you said, they just don't – they brought in Drew – and Drew was amazing those last two games yeah. in uh, that Atlanta series. Like, he took over, and he was aggressive. And, you know, really, I mean, because Chris, I mean, Middleton was good in, uh, what was it, game six. But, like, game seven, it was all, it was Drew. Drew was great in both games. And when Giannis is on there, like you said, he just, he's just, this, he's really the third option on that offense. When Maybe it would be better if he, like you said, had the ball in his hands a little bit more and f- just fed Giannis in the paint. Yeah, or alley like get, yeah. get you know alley oops or whatever, but it just I, like he can be your first option. He just doesn't need to be the guy with the ball with the hands. ball in his hands, right? Yeah. He doesn't need to be right. the guy dribbling. Like Giannis is yeah, a good passer, and all like I, I I'm not saying you can't run the offense through him, but he doesn't need to be the ball dominant guy in that offense because it just it bogs everything down. Right. I mean, Shaq is an example. You can use him beat as an example in the current day, but like. Shaq was the number one option for, I would say that the, the, the Lakers run from like 2000 to 2002, yeah. Shaq was the number one option, but it was always Derek Fisher or Kobe with the ball in their right. hands and Shaq just getting positioning on the paint. And look, especially in this finals matchup, like Aiton has improved significantly defensively throughout the playoffs, but I don't know. Is he, I don't know if he's at a point where he can guard Giannis, no. you know, every possession. No. Like Giannis could still eat and like get his points and be productive and have a huge impact. Just posting up, uh, Aiden. Hell, you don't even have to post him up. You could go face to face just a little bit closer to the basket. Yeah. Like get it at the elbow and face up Aiden and just freaking just bully him down and dunk the ball. Like, well, and think about what a good rebounder Giannis is. Like, that's the other thing you d- if he's not dominating the basketball, he's also in position when the ball doesn't come to him to get rebounds. Right, like to, yeah, the dude's a freak, man. Yeah. And first and two, if you don't let him handle the ball at the perimeter, guess what? He ain't chunking up no threes that yeah. he's going to air ball. Yeah. It feels like they just want him to play that LeBron James role so badly. And he's not LeBron. He's not he's LeBron. Like, yeah. He's just not like, LeBron shoots the ball better. LeBron dribbles the ball better. I mean, LeBron literally does everything better offensively. Facilitates it better. Yes. So, like, it it, it is amazing that Giannis, at his size, can do all those things. 
And it, it's like just because he can do all those things, that's what they want the offense to be. And that's not what I think makes brings out the best in the, the chess pieces that they have. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't like Milwaukee. OK, so if Milwaukee runs it back next year, they're not the best team in the East right now as it's constructed. No, no. That's, Which I mean, if, if healthy, it's Brooklyn. Right, which you can't do. Like, even, look, Milwaukee made it to the finals, and it is what it is. Like, injuries happen, but they also have, if they lose, the, if they win the finals, it doesn't matter. Run it back, who cares? You right. just won the title. But if you lose, you also have to look at it and be self-aware and say, look, we probably weren't going to be Brooklyn if Harden and Kyrie were healthy. We got lucky that Kyrie went down in the middle of the series, and we got lucky that Harden had was dealing with a hamstring issue right. and playing at 25%. We were really got pushed by Atlanta. If Trey Young does, and I understand Giannis hurt his knee, so there's that argument too. But if if Trey doesn't step on that ref's foot, who knows what happens? If a, if they have a healthy Trey Young, do we win that series? I don't know. Maybe. Like, yeah. We it, got, it was close. We got pushed by a team whose best player in that series was Kevin Herter. Yeah. So like the team we have right now. We need to we need to make a it doesn't have to be a big change, but you gotta figure something out. Like you can't run that same team back. And it's I don't know, man. Like they're good, but like I just this is they need to win the they need to win the title now because if they run up against a healthy Brooklyn next year, yeah. I mean, Well this this for, is their yeah, this is their window. They gotta take advantage right. now. And to your point about what you do, like the problem is the one guy that that every going into every night has to be good is Chris Middleton because he's their their best perimeter offensive player. He's not good every night. And he's not good every night. He's he's yeah. when he's on he's he's terrific. But we had this conversation last week and and for those that missed it go back and listen but he's a 13-30 guy. Like you need yeah. another perimeter scorer that you can depend on on the nights that Chris Middleton's not got it going. And Drew's it, never been that guy. Even back in New Orleans, right, Drew wasn't that yeah, guy. Right. Drew's a defensive guy. Drew is a defensive stopper, and when you get offense out of him, that's great. But he's also not a guy that you can depend on to give you perimeter offense on a regular basis. So, yeah, that's... that's I, I mean, you mentioned the name Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker would be, I think, a great fit for I, Literally, that his name just yeah. popped in my head when you said that. I don't... I saw a report. I saw a little rumor that LA is trying to get Kimba, um, which which would be great fit there too. Right. I think Oklahoma City would be willing to send him anywhere if anybody's willing. Like if long if somebody called Presti and said, "Hey, we'll give you X amount of draft picks for Kimba." I'm sure Presti doesn't care where it is. Right. He'll send him anywhere. Yeah. For some draft picks, but uh, yeah, I think Kimba would be a great fit. Uh, let me ask you this. If it, I think, oh man, I don't know how it would work, but if you could figure out a way to get Middleton's contract off your books and free up a little bit more cap space, and and Kawhi's a free agent, do you make a run at Kawhi? How old's Kawhi now? I think he's twenty nine, thirty, maybe thirty. How old's Middleton? Same age. Same age, then yeah, then it's a no-brainer. Chris Middleton's that old? He's in his late 20s. He might be in his 30s. Oh, yeah, he's 29. Yeah, he was also, yeah, he played college basketball for a while too, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. That's Kawhi Leonard. You're, I mean, if you're Kawhi, that, I mean, that goes against everything that Kawhi has kind of 
tried said because I mean he he could have just stayed in Toronto if he didn't care about playing in a big market. But I mean if you could, can you imagine trying to score on Drew Holiday, PJ Tucker, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, and Brook Lopez? There's no chance. Good lord. I don't. I don't think that's a realistic scenario to happen. Like I don't think that Kawhi would go to Milwaukee. But I think if you're Milwaukee and Kawhi is said, you know, he'll he'll meet with you. I think you do everything you can. I don't mean absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, that would that would be fun. Uh, so I, looking at your background, it's a uh, you got a little screenshot of uh, Drexler and Jordan. What is that? The like ninety two finals? finals. Yeah. So uh, made me think. Is there a what what NBA what NBA finals do you like remember? Like when you think about the finals, what what series pops into your head, or like what are your favorite finals? I mean, it's got to be any of the first three Jordan finals for me. This, yeah, I I always go back and like the this the series that I I find myself watching games from. Just like if I'm bored during the summer and I want to watch like an old game or something, yeah. it's always that '93 finals that I get drawn back to with the Suns. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a huge Barkley fan, so like I love watching that Barkley Suns team, but that. I always watch a lot of games from that. I I don't really watch much of the 92. I don't know. Something about... Maybe it's because Drexler's always looked like he's 50 to me. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just never drawn You need to that. go back and watch 92 just because Jordan was stupid good in that series. I thought you could say that about any of them. Well, any of them, the but finals. yeah. He, he yeah. just... Yeah. Uh, 2010 was a lot of fun. That's that 2010 is one that I remember watching live. Is that Lakers Celtics? Yeah, that I remember saying like this is this is like the pinnacle of like what the NBA can be. Is you get a seven game series between the Lakers and Celtics. Kobe like Kobe in Game Seven what like was terrible, and Pau Gasol just dominated that game. Like yeah. I great. I was a I was a huge Rondo fan too. I loved watching Rondo and those Celtics teams. Which I might be the only person on a team that has Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen that I'm like Rajon Rondo. He's my he's my favorite guy to watch. That's funny, yeah. But uh, that was a good one. Um, Knicks Rockets was good. Uh, I don't. I think that we kind of forget to talk about it, and people probably didn't talk about it much of the time because the OJ thing happened during the finals. Uh, that was the OJ fun. thing happened in the Knicks. Yeah, Knicks Rockets. Yeah, yeah, you're right. yeah. I can't remember which game it was. I, I think it was game one. Yeah, I I remember watching all of that. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I, Magic Rockets for me really stands out because I was a massive Penny Hardaway fan. Yeah, the Houston just. I mean, Nick Anderson missed those yeah. free throws. I mean, the series wasn't close, but yeah, I was. Uh, like in front of the television, yeah, for every game, start to finish. <sighs> I mean, the last dance made the Jazz Bull series seem pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, the it Jazz was good, I, but like nobody thought the Jazz were gonna win. I don't right. care how anybody wants to spin. Like at the end of the Bulls dynasty, that there was trouble brewing, or that people were deteriorating. That's all bullshit. Nobody on the planet thought the Utah Jazz were going to beat the Chicago Bulls. Right. Like, I mean, that's bull, stupid. Jordan got... Jordan had food poisoning and still beat them. Right. <laughs> Couldn't even beat Nobody Jordan. Nobody thought sick. the Jazz were going to beat the Bulls. So, like, and even, you know, Seattle, like, 
those those second three titles for the Bulls, the reason I don't think of those is because they were just foregone conclusions. Like, right. the Bulls were going to I mean, win. Yeah. I mean, that the Bulls that Bulls team, I mean, they had it Rodman, they had Kukoc. Yeah. I mean, they were, yeah. They were unstoppable. I mean, they were winning 72 games a year. Right. I, I know they didn't do it every year, but, like, they were at that caliber or, yeah. like, if they if they lost a game, it was it was probably just because they just didn't show up that night. Right. Yeah, the first three titles, you know, Jordan was Jordan was on top of the league, but you know the ascension was still there. Right. The second three titles, Jordan was towering over the league. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like there's been a lot. I mean, just really there has been a lot of NBA finals. That I'm thinking about, especially in the last 20 years, that were not that fun to watch. Like. Lakers Magic was not. I, that, was that was a, a terrible series. Yeah, yeah. Nobody again, much like those Bulls series with the Jazz. Nobody thought that that Magic team was going to beat the Lakers in seven games. Well, and uh, even the the Lakers, um, and I, I would add Detroit. Even though Detroit won, like the Lakers run there for four years where they beat the who the Pacers, the Nets. The 76ers, I don't know if it was in that order, but... It was the it was Pacers, Sixers, and okay. Nets. And then they lost to the Pistons. The Magic Series was like, oh, nine. Yeah, that was, that was that after was Shaq Kobe. was gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the worst East was uh, Pistons-Spurs in like the mid-2000s. Uh, Pistons-Spurs. No, 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 no. That one was pretty good. I think that one went seven. Oh, it the was worst a br- was Spurs-Cavs. When LeBron, yeah, LeBron's first final appearance, yeah, yeah, where they just every game was like eighty-five to seventy, and like, Le, I mean, they had booby. That's Gibson kind of how I remember Pistons Spurs. It might have been the same thing, Ugh. but I think the Pistons at least won a few. Yeah, the East was just so bad, right, through the entire two thousands that the finals until the were Heat terrible. Yeah, well, the so, Celtics yeah, the and people, then the Heat. Yeah, sorry, right. So they they had one super team that formed in the East and finally got a decent matchup in the finals, but like from 2000, I mean, really from like after the lockout, after the, after Jordan left, you really had a run of the East, just not having good teams in the finals. I mean, the first one was that Knicks team without, I mean, Ewing was hurt. So it was like Larry Johnson at yeah. like 35 years old and Allen Houston. And they got rolled by the Spurs. Yeah. And then you had like the Pacers, Sixers and Nets all got dominated by the Lakers. And like outside of the Pistons, I mean, and they didn't even have a superstar. That was just like Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, Richard Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Tayshawn right. Prince. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. I mean, and they had great players like Rasheed and Chauncey and Brip were all really good, obviously, yeah. but just not like if they played that series against that Lakers team five times, that might be the only time they win that series. Agreed. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, the NBA is, and we talked about it uh, a few times on this podcast. Like the NBA is at a good point right now. Like there's a lot of talent spread across the league right now. Even with super teams like in Brooklyn, like they didn't they didn't even make it to the conference finals, and that injuries played a part, obviously. Yeah. But like there's there's decent parity in the league right now, finally. And uh, you know, it, like when the playoffs started, there was no guarantee that who was going to the finals. Like most years. I mean, it could have been the, whatever the Warriors team was for a while. Like, we all knew they were going to the finals. The Heat, uh, we all knew they were winning the East when they had their big three. Now it's it's at a good point. Like, we got the Suns yeah. and freaking Bucks in the finals. If nobody got hurt, I still 100% believe it's, Bro- it's Brooklyn I, yeah. Lakers. Like, Nets no, Lakers, yeah. if nobody's hurt. Yeah, I mean, Brooklyn, nobody can even keep up with them. Yeah. 
I mean, even if they, I mean, we talked about it before in the playoff start, Milwaukee was probably their best matchup in the East just because Milwaukee's so good to, on the perimeter defensively. But even then, like, they just, the game's yeah. sides with the offensive guys too much. There's no way they would keep up with the scoring. Right. Yeah. When, when Joe Harris and Blake Griffin are left wide open yeah. over and over and over, you're not going to beat that team. <laughs> still fun though, man. I'm yeah. still, I'm enjoying this playoffs. It's been fun. Yeah, no, I, I love this series. Uh, I think Giannis, to me, I mean, you know this, Giannis, Giannis has been one of my favorite players for, I mean, since he came into the league. Uh, and I just think he's so likable. Like, every time you hear him do an interview or any, like, he's just so likable. So, Giannis getting it done and the Bucks winning would be awesome. Um, you know, Chris Paul is fantastic and obviously completely turned around his career in Oklahoma City last year. We got to witness it firsthand. Um, and look, I, for me, the Chris Paul tie goes, my very first NBA game that I attended was the very first regular season NBA game Chris Paul played in. Chris Paul's rookie year in Oklahoma City, his first game was the first game that I ever went to. And yeah. So I forgot, I've been a, I forgot that he yeah. uh, rookie year was in Oklahoma City. Rookie year, OKC Hornets. Um, I even have an is, I have an Oklahoma City Hornet Chris Paul jersey actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. I hope it's the uh, I hope it's the, like the the pink one or the red one. No, it's white. Oh, uh, well, okay. it used to be white. It's actually it's so old now that it kind of just has that like still faded brownish color to it. It's just nice. set in a closet forever. So I think the dust is just like really settled into the material, but um, is it? I'm trying to think. Is is there a guy, an athlete that comes to your mind that just flipped the narrative on their like, not their career necessarily, but just like their the way that people perceive them, like Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul was always just. They're obviously Chris Paul fans, but like. Especially after his time with the Clippers, everybody was just like, "This dude's a dick. You can't yeah. play with him. He's like, he's he can't get along with his teammates." Like, and now, like, I don't, is there anybody that doesn't like Chris Paul at this point? I I mean, not unless you have some other bias for why, right? Like right now, Kobe, Bucks fans probably don't like him, but <laughs> Kobe probably has that narrative. I mean, he went from being pretty uh. pretty damn hated to the end of his career. I think. There were people. Here's the problem. Like when people die, all of a sudden, but I don't. But there I are people that like died. act like they like it, them that didn't. And I, even when Kobe was making the retirement tour, there were still a lot of people that were like, "This is ridiculous." And yeah, I don't know. He was pretty polarizing. I think to the point that you either was, loved him yeah. or hated him. I think I don't know, man. I think that like when the rape stuff with Kobe happened, I think around that time he yeah. was, except for Lakers fans, he's pretty unanimously disliked. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, then, fair. But, like you said, by the time the retirement thing, I think it was majority people liked him. I, and I don't. I think that it was probably around like when they when he won those two championships. I think people probably maybe finally flipped the tune. I don't know. He's an interesting one. Maybe AI, but I think AI. I think he was pretty well liked during his prime. For sure. I think the, I think it was just like old white reporters really that didn't like AI. Yeah, I was gonna say generationally, uh, there was probably a conflict of whether you liked him or not. But yeah, I was listening to a podcast yesterday about Allen Iverson, and uh, 
they were talking about how uh, there was a series against the Pistons and like every time that like AI would get knocked down, like Rashid and Ben Wallace and all the Pistons dudes would just help him up and like they wouldn't say anything to him. And uh, somebody asked him about it and Rashid was like, oh, that's my guy. Like I can't, I can't mouth him on the floor or something like that. Like <laughs> AI, like, everybody that's loved awesome. AI so yeah. much that dudes like Rashid Wallace just wouldn't, like they don't, wouldn't talk trash to him because they just like, yeah, that's, yeah. AI is interesting. He's a, he's a fun dude to, Speaking of jerseys, uh, when AI was at Georgetown, I had a Georgetown number three jersey. Oh, that's a good one. I that's loved good... AI. And, he, and at, at Georgetown, he wore the Jordan 11s. Like, it was just a, those Georgetown uniforms in that period. And the he had the cutoff league. sleeve shirt yeah. with, the, the, with the Jordan 11s. Like, that was the dude. Yeah, that's a that, – AI was definitely a generational thing because anybody – Especially like your generation, like I, who didn't like Allen Iverson? Right. Nobody disliked him. Right. Boomers um, hated him, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure John Thompson didn't have a. Uh, I'm sure he got frustrated with Allen Iverson quite a bit. Uh, let's see. I don't know, man. Like I just, I, I understand like Chris Paul didn't go from being a bad guy necessarily. Like he didn't really. He never really did anything wrong. He was just a very difficult person to like. Oh, here's one for you, Tom Brady. Before. People dislike Tom Brady? Yes. He played I mean, for the Patriots, the Aaron. He had Deflategate. Like, I, I, the deflate, but before the Deflategate, was he really hated? I, I, I think there were a lot of people that disliked Tom Brady and the Patriots in general. And I think yeah. there are a lot the of people that sure. feel completely different about him today than they did when he was in a Patriot That's- uniform. The Patriots, the Patriots thing, 100%. A lot of people hate it. Be- like, Belichick and the Patriots. I don't know. I just always found Tom Brady very likable. I think he seems like he's a completely different. He's a, he, he lets loose now. That's, I mean. Just, I mean, he's in, he's in Florida. He's a Florida Right. Guy. He was so uptight in New England, obviously. Uh, you right. know, we understand the reasoning why. But, yeah, I think, like, it was. I, I don't know. I, think, I just think, like, even if you didn't dislike him, people feel completely different at, if nothing else about Tom Brady today yeah. than they did then. Yeah, Similar I mean, to Chris winning, Paul. Going and winning a title in Tampa Bay, definitely like, because now, because when he left, people could pick sides. Like, oh, yeah. I'm a Tom Brady guy. Like, yeah. screw Belichick. And then he wins a title and you're yeah. kind of, yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess personally, I just never really hated Tom Brady. Hated the Patriots. Yeah. But never really hated Tom Brady. Um, and yeah, it's there's not a lot of not a lot of uh, like high a- athletes at that level that go from being very disliked to very liked. Well, I especially could say the yeah, fourteen years into your career being disliked, right. and then to go from that in your fifteen and sixteen to being among the most beloved players in the league is wild. Right. Chris Paul does all of those like things that people hate, like the. Like run, taking the ball up court and stopping and having a guy run into him, he does that. But nobody cares that Chris Paul does it. Trey Young does it. Everybody's like, "Oh, this they need to change this rule. It's disgusting." Chris Paul is everybody's just like, "Chris Paul, he's so savvy. Look at that. Look at that veteran like yeah. IQ." Yeah. Which I mean, whatever. It's all. It's I, I. I love Chris Paul. It's hard not to like him, but yeah. I I think he also has just. Things like that, things like complaining to the refs, I feel like he does less than he used to. Yeah, I, I agree. So that it's, also helps. Like I, To me, beyond anything else, I think the thing that really 
turned me off about Chris Paul was how much he complained on the court during a game. I mean, it, it, it got to the point where it just felt like it was the entire game, like constantly. I mean, but, and two, it was probably exacerbated by the fact that he was on a team where everybody complained constantly. Yes. Like Doc yes. Rivers complains more than I, I. I don't. I don't have like a measurement, but it feels like Doc Rivers complains, if not more than as much as any other coach in the NBA. But like Doc's always yeah. chirping at the refs. Blake Griffin. I Blake's calmed down, but even then, Blake at that he time he was bad Blake at that time too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan is the same way. Like there's a whole team. That so, team like, was unlikable, and so yeah, I think it just yeah. it made Chris Paul, who I loved, was a leader going to the Clippers. Um, right. It it made him a lot less likable, and I it just it became annoying to watch him because I want to watch this guy play basketball, and it just felt like the the bitching and moaning and complaining was more visible than his actual game, and now that's not the case. His game is doing the talking, which is funny, and I. Everybody talked about that with Chris Paul being a thing, and but LeBron kind of gets a pass for. I know people bring it up with LeBron, but LeBron is so bad at complaining to the refs. I mean, you watch a game with LeBron. I mean, he'll he'll go for a layup and think he gets fouled, and literally talk to the ref while the ball is on the other side of the floor, and still be talking to the ref (laughs) walking up the court, not playing defense. Yeah, and then he'll like be like, oh. Let me go block this shot, and he'll sprint and yeah. like block the shot and whatever because he's LeBron and he can do that. But I, Paul George and Russell Westbrook were really bad about it for those two yes. seasons. They were together here, like that. I, it, that was something that I think the the Thunder fan base was talking about a lot those two seasons. How turned off they were by that because it was just I was, like I was. I hated watching that. Right, team. dude, because they, they, they were always complaining. Like literally every time Paul George or Russell Westbrook went to the basket, if they didn't get a call they would just complain to the refs and not even get back to play defense. And it just got to the point where it's like, dude, like you got to overcome that stuff, but you're so focused on not getting whistles and complaining about everything that it's just a turnoff. Like nobody wants to watch that kind of basketball. I remember being a month into Chris Paul being in Oklahoma city and, and saying on the air that like, this is, I have not had this much fun cover. I, I, right. I, I hate it covering that thunder team right. when they brought in Paul George when they had Mello and George and the, the, the George and Westbrook airs, it was just not fun covering that team. Like not every night, like you watch them and like, they just weren't playing as good as they should have been. And it was frustrating. And then you go talk to them in the locker room and everybody's in a bad mood. And then that Chris Paul Shea team, like they were just so fun to watch. Like the way they played basketball was fun. The movement, like, yeah, it was they played for each other, they played hard, and they had an us-against-the-world mentality, which, you know what that means? You're not complaining about everything because you already right. know that everybody's against you, so you just wear all that stuff. So, yeah, like, they went into every game expecting to get bad calls, expecting that nobody thought they would win, and they became, you know, they were they were a great underdog story. People can root for somebody that's, like, going to be dealt a bad hand and not complain about it and just power through. And that was the massive difference between the Chris Paul team that we watched versus the Russell Westbrook and Paul George teams that we had watched those previous two years. It was just, ugh, who wants to, who wants yeah. to root for somebody with that mentality? Right. And look, if unless you are like a Paul George or Russell Westbrook fan, they're, they can be very difficult to like. Yeah. Paul, look, Paul was good with the media. 
but like he had all that all that stuff with Indiana and just like his antics, like getting him out of there. He did the same thing. You know, he did it to Oklahoma City too. Obviously, after his couple of years, he just decided he didn't want to play there anymore and forced a trade. And then was I mean, well, no, Westbrook's kind of just he's Westbrook. He's got the attitude that he has, and it is what it is. But when you're like in the media and you're trying to do something, and he like it, it can be frustrating and whatever. But yeah. it's. And then Chris Paul and them come in, and I even when he, Chris was in Houston and they would come to Oklahoma City, like good with the media, like as much as he could be a douche on the floor, like he was always professional talking to the media and stuff. So yeah, who would, I mean, I never would have thought getting into sports media that I would have way more fun covering a team with that with the you know it was Danilo Gallinari right. and a thirty-five-year-old Chris Paul than right. a all-NBA Russell Westbrook and and Paul George. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, who was your Who was your pick going into the series? I know Game One happened last night, uh, but did Did you pick the Suns to win? Yeah, I mean the Phoenix is just like throughout the playoffs. Like Phoenix just really yeah. hasn't. I mean they've played maybe one or two bad games. Yeah, but other than that, like they've just been rolling through the playoffs. And Milwaukee is. I mean they've they've really had to fight to get to the finals. And Phoenix had. I mean, we'll see. Game one, like you said, it was hard to pick Milwaukee because Phoenix has had like a week off. Milwaukee just had a tough series against uh, Atlanta. Giannis has been hurt, but I still like Phoenix. Yeah, I think that Milwaukee is just going to shoot themselves in the foot with the way they play offense, and it's just it's not going to work. Um, Assuming Phoenix, nobody gets hurt, I went Suns in seven, but. I would love it to go seven. I yeah. think it probably goes like six. I think that Milwaukee gets one at home and then I guess one in Phoenix. Maybe they get, maybe Milwaukee gets two at home, but yeah, Phoenix, it just, and it just feels like the way Chris Paul is playing right now, that it's just Chris Paul's turn. It's his time to win a title. Agreed. There's not any outside of injuries. Nothing's going to stop Phoenix from winning this series, which is absolutely insane. Like to go from Phoenix, like watching them in a bubble last year and winning eight straight and being like, Oh, this team, like they look like they're like really like taking that next step and like going to start improving to winning a title the next year. Like, yeah, I never would have thought that. And I know you said that you had them what like fourth in your preseason yeah. prediction in the yeah, West, fourth, but yeah. like even fourth. I mean, would you have ever thought that they'd win the title? No, though? Not, yeah, no, not win the title. Yeah. It's, I thought that they could push the best teams in the West, but I didn't. I mean, to say that I thought they would win the West, much less win the title, no. And like this, that organization has been such disaster since the Steve Nash years. And for them to just flip it so quick. Yeah. I mean, think about like five years ago. They had, they were just like, they had like 17 point guards and like that was it. Yeah. And, like, just a horribly constructed roster. They, what was it, two years ago, they fired Alvin Gentry, like, a week into the season? <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the they just couldn't do anything right. And then, in the span of two years, they get the number one pig in DeAndre Ayton. They get Chris Paul in. And then, now they're three games from winning the title. It's crazy. It's crazy. And yeah. yet, some teams just can't figure it out. Like, what's the difference between a Phoenix and, like, a... Uh, uh, in Orlando in the NBA. Not much, really. I mean, or- Phoenix is probably more desirable than Orlando, but Phoenix doesn't spend money. They yeah. don't really bring in free agents. They're also in the West. 
So it's probably easier for Orlando to win, actually. Right. Like, teams like Orlando just can't figure it out. Yeah. But somehow Phoenix just flips that switch in yeah. a matter of, like, a couple of years. I guess it's just really just making – hitting the, in the draft. Like, yeah, you just got to get – you got to get lucky and get those guys like Mikael Bridges and, you know, hope they turn out. Well, and timing is everything. Phoenix is obviously a terrific team, not taking anything away from them, but – in their first round That's matchup, they avoided young. Anthony Davis. In the second round matchup, they played a Nuggets team that was without their second best player in Jamal Murray. In the Western Conference Finals, they played a Clippers team that was without their best player, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, that's Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and Jamal Murray that they didn't have to face on their road through the West to get to the finals. I, again, I'm not making excuses for them, but that is a reality about the path to get there. It's so funny. It's so funny, and I'll I, like I'll admit how big of a hypocrite I'm being because like Milwaukee, I'm like, yeah, but they played the Nets, and like the Nets were hurt, and right. you know Trey got hurt, but the Suns, like I don't want to make that excuse for the Suns to be like, yeah, well Anthony Davis was hurt, Kawhi was hurt. I don't want to make that. I don't want to say that for the Suns. Those Suns, are I'm yeah. Like, you know what? Yeah. Suns powered through. Like they deserve to be there, but the Bucks, I'm like, nah, I don't know, man. They probably wouldn't have made it. Probably because the Suns just play more consistent basketball. Like, what you watch on a nightly basis feels like it's closer to the same thing every night than, than it is with Milwaukee, so. And I think, too, that but, Milwaukee, like, it's been three or four years of Milwaukee being at this level. Yes. And I'm, you know, they just not getting it done and not really changing anything that they do. Yeah. Like, schematically. And then Phoenix is just, Phoenix is just a fun team to watch. Yeah, they're they're they play a more I think pleasing style of yeah, basketball than Milwaukee does. Well, who doesn't like Devin Booker? Is anybody is there right. anybody that watches the NBA that doesn't like Devin Booker? There's no way, right? Like, yeah, gets I don't see how you don't like him. Just go get buckets, man. It's doesn't awesome. doesn't really complain ever. Just yeah, he just yeah, it just scores. seems like a pretty like laid back guy that just enjoys yeah. playing basketball, and he's not like from a personality standpoint polarizing in any way he's just yeah it's just how can you not he, like Devin he, Booker at, at this point in his career he definitely could have gotten out of Phoenix like they could have got a whole if, if Devin Booker told them he's like I want out like I'm not playing anymore they could have traded him and got a lot back for him but he's just like eh whatever just give me a bunch of money and I'll just play basketball in Phoenix and just yeah. score 30 could and be a Laker right now yeah we that, been that would make him unlikable yes Yes, he would be very unlikable if he would have forced his way out of Phoenix and go into the freaking Lakers. <laughs> uh, did you... I, I missed most of this over the weekend. Like I said, I wasn't really on uh, social media at all. Uh, the Rachel Nichols stuff is pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, so I I missed the initial thing. What? Okay, so was the initial thing that she got caught saying something or tweeted something that somebody at ESPN was getting more opportunities because they were a minority. Maria Taylor, I believe, is... So the way I understand it, again, I I wasn't following all this, so I've kind of gotten this after the fact. Um, What I gather is that, yeah, she had made comments in a private conversation, apparently, that she felt like they were pushing for Maria Taylor to take her job uh, because Maria Taylor... You know, they wanted more diversity, I guess, is is the way she said it. More diversity? What? That and doesn't make any sense. She's worked on a show where she's... Where, what? Well, I think in terms of their their hosts, their... Oh, he's a host. I was about to hosts. say, Rachel Nichols yeah. hosts a show with, what, like three or four African-American guys? Yeah. 
but um but yeah so she, so apparently she made that comment in a private conversation which was leaked and she then apologized um yeah the whole thing's weird because like they took her off the finals coverage too she's not she's not the sideline reporter i, I guess she's going to keep her job as the host of the, the jump too, but she's yeah. not going okay. to be the sideline reporter at the finals um I, I I think that's okay. So first off, completely stupid, ignorant thing for Rachel Nichols to assume might be true. Like it might be true, but like you're Rachel Nichols, like you know where you're at and your stature at ESPN. Like nah, I don't know. Yeah, like I just ESPN just I don't think that they do anything intelligently when it comes to their <laughs> like their their shows are yeah. like the personalities that they pick or the analysts that they choose. And I don't really have any opinion over Rachel Nichols. Like, I don't, I don't think she's good. I don't think she's bad. I just really don't Same. pay any attention yeah. to her. Same. Um, and if they're pushing her out because they want more diversity, then well, I mean, that, it is what it is. I guess I don't know. I mean, if you're good, then they're not yeah. going to push you out. If they feel like you're better at your job than anybody else, then they're they're not going to push you out regardless of like minority or race or sex or anything like that. Like. I mean, Ernie Johnson has kept his job for 30 years and there's yeah. been like no conversation about pushing Ernie out because he's better than anybody else that they're going to, br- they could bring in. I mean, if Rachel Nichols is getting pushed out, it's because they feel like somebody else is better at that job than she is, or they can pay her less money. Maybe they can pay. That, yeah. That's, that's the other angle that I was thinking is maybe, maybe somebody else is cheaper. Um, I don't, I'm with you. I don't really like, I don't think she's great necessarily, but I don't think she's terrible either. I don't know what her ratings are like or anything like that. So, but I would say, I think most of the basketball watching community thinks she does a good job. Like I would say, yeah, she's fine. The consensus among NBA fans is that she does, she does a good job. Um, the reason I don't watch the NBA coverage on ESPN is not because of Rachel Nichols because they have, it's because of ESPN Perkins on. Yeah. Yeah. It's because the analysts are. Idiots. Yeah. yeah, not good. Um, I, I, I think the the thing that I would just throw into this whole conversation, because I think it's worth people discussing, but the thing I would throw in that maybe a lot of people probably don't see because they've never been in the business is just the fact how hard it is, A, to get in the door, how hard it is, B, to work your way up once you're in the door, and how hard it is to get to that level and stay there. And for anybody, I don't care who it Especially is. ESPN. Yeah. They just... For anybody to like be, what's the word? Possessive of their job. Everybody in sports media is possessive of their job unless they are like at the bottom. And then, you know, they're only not possessive because they want to move up. But like, it's such a competitive business there are so few people that even get in the door, much less move up to the highest levels that, yeah, of course, anybody that is hosting the jump on ESPN or hosting NFL live on ESPN or hosting anything on ESPN or anything of that magnitude is going to feel very possessive of that job and anybody threatening their job. It's so weird because we both, I mean, both of us grew up on ESPN, obviously. And like, we grew up on the same people being there forever. Yeah. Like Rich Eisen and Stuart Scott and Dan Patrick, like hosted Sports Center forever. And now 
I'll turn on ESPN once every like six months and I don't recognize any, but like it's different people every time it's like, they just don't maintain, especially since like the last like three years, like they just really don't maintain any of their, their host or personality very long. They've cut a lot of costs. So a lot of the people that were getting paid, uh, were let go. And the other thing is Aaron, like, how many times do you turn on the television and, you know, I go to my guide and all the ESPN channels are lined up and not not a single ESPN entity is playing SportsCenter. Right. SportsCenter it's used all, to be the... Yeah, it's all opinion shows. and right. SportsCenter was the original ridiculousness. Yes, always where on. Where you turn it on yes, and it's always, always on. on. And now, and even if it's sports center, like they're just doing opinion segments. Yeah. They're just doing segments right. of all their shows and just having like, yeah, it just, yeah. Which was great. Look, I loved it on sports center when they did those segments tw- once an hour right, for five minutes where you have like, even, even, even then they didn't really do it back then. Cause I'm thinking like the Barry Melrose segments where, but they were just asking him questions and he was just answer. He was breaking. Like, he was actually breaking down. Yeah. Like what's happening. Really didn't even yeah. Do the, like, yeah. Which is so funny that like radio sports radio is dying, but it's just because TV just taken over, like just started doing exactly well, TV's what, doing what radio done. did. Yeah. 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 Like on, you know, on this edition of sports it? center, Stephen A and Max Kellerman are going to argue over what they're going to argue about on first take after sports center ends. I mean, I guess, look, I guess in reality, we need to blame Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon because they kind yeah. of started the whole thing on TV and it was super successful and they just try to recreate it all the time. You know what I loved about those guys though, is they, they, they were opinionated, but it was all like reasonable. It was all done. Well, never hot takes, right? They never went the hot take route. They never went the, I'm just going to say something so shocking to get people to pay attention to me route. And they were really good at it. And I love that show because I th- their opinions always felt honest and yeah. real and authentic. Whereas with First Take, I, I hate that show with a passion. I've never watched an entire episode of it. I have no desire to watch it because it's guys that are just hot take every five seconds. Yeah. It's it's shock television. And nobody, I'd like... I don't get it because I don't ever hear – if you ever heard somebody say they liked those shows, like whether it's First Take or what's the uh, what's the Fox one, Uninterrupted. Like, yeah, whatever that – yeah, you, Skip and you Shannon. Have ever heard anybody say that like, oh, I watch it every morning. I love it. I don't know anybody that says they love it. Here's the problem though. It's everybody reacts to what is said on those shows, and that's why I refuse – to like come on a podcast and be like, did you hear what Skip Bayless said? Or did you hear what Stephen A said? I I refuse to do that because that's what keeps them going is every people like you and me wake up the next morning. Even if you didn't watch the show, what the, the idiocy that those guys are spewing makes headlines. And then people are talking about them. It's so funny too, because like Stephen A Smith, I feel like 15, 20 years ago, Stephen A was kind of like a respected guy, like in the industry and like, was a guy that like he he wasn't like gonna be like a studio host, but he was kind of a guy that like you listened to with his opinions and like he had some inside sources yeah. and like he was a good person to have on your brand. And now, like you said, he's just become a he's just become a spew hot takes guy, right? And 
I'm sure he's made a ton of money from doing it. By the way, I try to look up Rachel Nichols' salary just to see if it's a money thing. She may, I can't. I, there's no. This isn't like confirmed, but like I one and a half million around is what mm. I found. So I don't know. Maybe it's a money thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, I don't watch ESPN. Like I was watching the game last night, and like as soon as the it hit halftime, like I changed the channel because I don't want to watch ESPN's halftime Same. show. Because I can't stand any of them. Same. It was TNT. I'm leaving it on, and I'm listening to Shaq and Kenny and absolutely and Barkley go back and forth. I'm like, but ESPN, like I just, I'm not watching their post game. I'm not watching their pregame halftime. Any of that. So any studio stuff, I'm not watching it. And ESPN used to have good studio shows, like when when it was like Magic Johnson and Bill Simmons and Michael Wilbon, and like oh, oh. I I used to find their you don't like no you're not no in on that? no it, oh, I. Any any studio show that had Magic Johnson on it was never good, Aaron. Okay. I thought you were going to say Bill Simmons. I like Bill Simmons. I know a lot of people around here don't like I'm not him. A, I wouldn't say I'm a Bill Simmons fan, but I appreciate like what he brings. Yeah. Yeah. Magic. Okay, Magic a little bit. I guess Magic's always kind of been kind of out there with his stuff, but I've always the been a The team that wins tonight will score the game. most points. I literally heard him say that in a, okay. in a pregame that, breakdown. That's how he runs Twitter, though. Right. His Twitter is exactly what his Twitter right. is. What are the but keys like, to the game tonight, Magic? Scoring more points than the other team. Thank you. Yeah, I guess his tw- his Twitter is literally like just like Bucks, like Suns beat Bucks 115-107. Yeah. Okay, all right, Magic. Uh, but it was better than what they have now. Well, that's yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But like, I'll take Magic over half the guys that they have on their a studio now. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 can, I can get on board with that. Uh, I'm getting spoiled with PKs, by the way. Yes, you are. Uh, oh, God bless. Scrolling through, hang on, I'm scrolling through Twitter and uh, just found a GIF of me getting crossed up from our basketball game that I, I, I played in a few years it ago. It was just now tweeted? 17 hours ago, oh, somebody tweeted the gif of me getting crossed up. Nice. So uh, that was that was awesome. I was <laughs> fat then. Yeah, it was. I uh, dropped some LBs. Uh, still, still, still got a little bit of on me. But anyways, uh, yeah, you're getting spoiled with PKs. Um, I, I still don't understand why soccer fans or this faction of soccer fans that I know doesn't like PKs. Like, what? What's your deal? I, I, surely they don't want it to end in a draw. Like, I think even, like, even so hardcore soccer fans, like, would prefer their team to win the game over a draw. Obviously, you don't want to lose. Like, obviously, you'll take a draw over a loss. Yeah. But, like, it's a knockout tournament. Like, just get to the PKs. It's awesome. Like, I would rather just immediately go to PKs at 90 minutes. Than, than play another 30. Than play another yeah. 30. That the for me as a like I'm a pretty hardcore soccer fan at this point, yeah. but like I'm not like a long time like I'm not like all these like old school like mindsets, but like I'm like praying for the thirty minutes. I'm like please nobody score, please nobody score, because I want to get to the PKs. Like the worst thing is like if somebody scored in like the hundred eighteenth minute and then there was no PKs. I'm like no, unless I have a rooting interest. But yeah, I have a rooting interest. Like I want to go to PKs and then. Yeah, it was fun last night. Uh, Jorginho with a little, little nifty little, little just rolled the ball into the corner. What did they call and, it on uh, the broadcast? Cheeky, 
Cheeky, yeah, the cheeky, yeah. yeah, that's a. I I always say that when uh, I'm watching soccer. I'm like, oh, that was so cheeky. Just trying to yeah. get into the cheeky uh, little uh, cheeky little move there to get the goal. Yeah. Uh, Gianluigi Gianaruma, little making some nice saves. For, like I I feel like making two saves in the first five shots of a penalty kick these days is pretty impressive. So uh, Donnarumma was really impressive in goal. It was fun. Italy uh, Italy didn't even make the World Cup in 2016. And uh, now they're in the Euros finals, probably going to play England, unless Denmark wins. But I think they're probably going to play England, who plays today at 2 o'clock against Denmark. And, uh, yeah, it's fun, man. I like soccer. The Gold Cup, by the way, uh, should be starting soon, like next week, I think, which is the uh, North America-like version of the Euros. Mm. And uh, So we're not going to get good soccer. Well, I'm not at this level, but the U.S., I mean— <laughs> The U.S. I probably will win. Yeah. So. Well, text yeah, me if any of those games are going to PKs so that I can turn okay. it on at that point. It starts Saturday. Yeah, look, man, the U.S. soccer is pretty damn fun to watch right now. Are so, they? Okay, I'll yeah, give them a chance. Not, the, the teams that they're going to play are not going to be very good. Like their first game is against Haiti, who is not good. But if you could get like if yeah. you get a U.S. Mexico game or like a U.S. Uh, Jamaica or Canada match, like those are might be worth watching. Okay, but. Yeah, U.S. soccer is in a good place right now. Uh, I've said it before, like the twenty, the World Cup next year, they'll be competitive. But like in 2026, like they might legitimately have a chance to win the World Cup in 2026. Wow. Okay, I'm hot take alert. I'm not saying they're going to, but like if there's ever been a point in U.S. soccer history that yeah. like going into a World Cup where you look at them is like, like the talent levels that a like. Legit, yeah, yeah, like legitimate dark horse contenders. It's going to be 2026. By the way, is there a team in the world where you could you could just put on a standard jersey that had no colors or anything and be like, yep, that's the Italian team. That's not the Italian team. Like, is there any other team where you could just be like, yep, there they are. That's the French team. Like, I, I don't think, like, with the Italians, you know exactly what team that is. Um... What do you mean? How so? Like, I just look at all those guys. I'm like, those guys oh, could be like Italian. Is what you're saying? Is yes, they all yes. Italian. They look yeah. the part, yeah. right? Like when you think yeah. of like, and, and you know, this is a stereotype thing, but when you think of like, what do Italians look like? Like those guys look, they look the part. Yeah. Pro- yeah. That's the Russians. Probably the Russians definitely all look Russian. They've all got like blonde hair, like all like spiky blonde hair and like, <laughs> They're all, I mean, they <laughs> like don't Drago? have any minority. Yeah, they all look like Drago. Exactly. Like, there's no black guys on the Russian team. That's like, funny. It, I, I didn't see the Russians play, so I can't contribute to yeah, that. They got, but, yeah, they got. didn't make it out of the group stage. But, yeah, the Italians, yes. And the I, I put the Russians in that category. It, it's funny because, like, I've gone back and watched, like, old like old world world cup stuff from like 2006 when Italy won. Yeah. And, like, all the Italian players have, like, long, greasy hair. Oh, and, yeah. Like, yeah, they're, it, like they. If I didn't know any better, I'd say they probably were smoking cigarettes on the pitch while they were playing. Like if like, you were gonna yeah. cast a movie, and you were gonna pick a bunch of dudes to play the Italian soccer team, like that's what you would. Those are the guys you would you pick would, to play the Italian soccer team. That's that's my right. point. Is like they look the most like what you would imagine they would yeah. look like. A hundred percent. 
interestingly enough, the uh, Jorginho who scored the uh, game-winning goal. I'm pretty sure he was born in Brazil. I think, yeah, I think I heard them say something like that. Which, uh, I was like, I think the way the international soccer works is you either can play for the country that you were born in, or if you move to a country like as a child, you can pick between the two. So, okay. like, um, there's a lot of French players who were born in African countries and then moved to France as children and then yeah. ended up, they end up playing for France. So it's like a rod uh, with like baseball. Yeah. I have yeah. Dominican or U S yeah. yeah. So I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, are you outraged over the, uh, Shikari Richardson stuff? I mean, outraged. No. First question. Uh, did you know Shikari Richardson? Had you ever heard that name or know anything about her before the, uh, so stuff happened last she's, week? She's, She's an Olympic sprinter, right? Correct. Okay. Is her name Usain Bolt? No. Then I've never heard of okay. her. Okay. Same. Uh, am I outraged? No. I, it is annoying that we're still at a point where marijuana is like such an issue in some of these like yeah. sport, these governing sports bodies. Right. But also we all know how corrupt Olympic committee is. So. Yeah. What, what? Hang on, let me rephrase it. Was it an Olympic committee decision or was it a U.S. national team decision? Well, it, it it was an Olympic thing originally because she she tested positive for marijuana, which is an Olympic right. thing. Like that's not like a U.S. thing. That's all athletes that are going to compete in the Olympics. Um, but the second part of it is she wasn't picked for the relay team, which she was going to be eligible for the four by the four by yeah. right, and that that's a U.S. thing. So. Okay, well, okay. but the the details I, of that, I, which again, people just they hear this and they're like, because of weed, she wasn't picked because apparently they wanted her to run a certain leg, her coach wanted her to run a different leg, and there was a disagreement about what part she was going to play for the relay team anyway, and they just decided to go another direction. But the the weed thing is annoying, but at the same time, like I'm all for like, for, first off, weed is not a performance enhancing thing. No, so who cares? not at all. She's not going to run a faster 100 meter because she smoked weed two months before right. the race. Um, at the same time, though, like if you know that marijuana is on the banned substance, just don't like you're we're a month away from the Olympics. Like, yeah, I don't I, I know. You've it's been training for this for four years and yeah. you know they test for this. And I can't imagine how stressful it is to be an Olympic sprinter or an Olympic yeah. athlete and like going through everything. And I understand that, like, maybe it helps. But at the same time, like. I don't know, man. It's it's kind of a double-edged sword. I am all for them kind of just getting rid of it. I think NBA is doing a great job. I don't think – does the NBA even test for it anymore? I don't think they do, right? Oh, I, 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 don't, I, do, I, don't, I don't ever remember there being like a formal – if there was, I missed it, but I don't remember there being a formal like we're not going to test for marijuana anymore. They just but, – it's not a thing. Yeah, Everybody but it's not a thing. Like when was the last time you heard of an NBA player getting suspended for smoking weed? It just Right, and you know that most of them – I mean yeah. it's it, – it, most people – like I would say half the people probably in yeah. the world – in the country probably uh, partake at this point. But – um. it's an Olympic sprinter. I, I don't really care about Olympic like sports. I care about, I'll watch the Olympics and root for the U S and all that stuff. But like, it is like, it is what it is. I'm not really like using a much of my like brain space to like be concerned over 
like this this story. It sucks that she got pulled off the the relay, I guess, but I, I don't know who is. Maybe she's being difficult. I don't know. Like, I don't know any of the background right. or like behind stuff. Well, that was like, my point about asking if you even knew who this person was, because I think that's the first thing is most people have a hot take about this thing, but probably didn't even know who Shikari Richardson was a week ago. And, and it's not be, and I, and look, it could, she could, it could be a male. Like it'd be a female. Right. Like, I don't care. I don't know any Olympic athletes. Right. They're not. Maybe she's great. Maybe all. she's a pain in the ass. Like who knows? Sure. I, I, yeah, I, I know nothing about her. I know nothing about the context in which, um, you know, the U S Olympic team is decide like if she's look, a bad teammate and a pain to be around and just going to make things difficult for the other runners, then even if she is the fastest, like, is that somebody you really want? I, I don't know the answers to that, but is she the fastest? Yeah. Apparently she's the fastest woman in the world. Or at least that's been a headline. Again, I don't follow it, so I, I I can't say definitively, but that's what the headlines say. Well, but I mean, if okay, so if she's the fastest woman in the world and she's a pain in the ass, but you're the the other three people on your re- relay team are the third, fourth, and fifth fastest <laughs> right. people and women in the world. Right? Is it worth dealing with the pain in the ass yeah. or the difficulty or like causing like have bad like morale on your yeah, team? I, like I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Know I, I, I don't know the answers, but. I just feel like it's fair to just bring up like, hey, what do we really know about this thing beyond just like a headline that says like this is what happened? And look, I'm I'm willing to say most people complaining about this probably haven't read into anything beyond just what the headlines a lot like myself. I didn't read in, I, in, I, into I, any of this beyond the headlines like because I don't watch it. it. It doesn't move the needle for me. Um, I will say about the marijuana thing, though, like, good yeah, Lord, just, at what point is the world? And, and again, this isn't just an American thing. But at what point is the world going to catch up with the fact that marijuana is not helping anybody win the 100 meter sprint? There was a, I I saw like Joey Chestnut probably shouldn't be allowed to smoke a bunch of marijuana before he goes and eats 68 hot dogs. But (laughs) even this is not a performance. Like somebody sent me a, a screenshot yesterday. Okay. Uh, Emmanuel Acho tweeted this uh, as you go. Former Texas linebacker, you know, sports yeah. TV personality. Yeah. He said, legalizing weed in track and field competition is all good if you're running in a straight line. Legalizing weed in track and field competition is terribly dangerous if you throw the javelin. Where do we draw a line? That's that's pretty funny, actually. Well done, Manny Acho. Yeah. Uh, are you going to watch uh, Conor McGregor this weekend? Yeah, probably so. Well, maybe. I don't know. I might fall asleep by 9 o'clock. Nice. I'm going to try. Okay. I got to – yeah. Man. I'm going to try. Okay. I want to. I'm going to try. All right. Um, I might uh, might uh, get the fight again, so we'll see. Um, that fight card, by the way, let's see. At least at this point, people are aware of who Poirier is, where I think most casual fans um, had no idea who he was in January when they fought. But it helps. It helps. Right. It helps to fight Conor McGregor like recently. Yeah. To get that. Yeah. Because I I didn't know who I was not familiar with Dustin Poirier before the second Conor McGregor. You are familiar with Sean O'Malley, though, right? Yeah. He's the he's the like super quirky guy, right? Yeah. Colorful hair. Yeah, the guy tight. that had had the joint in his mouth at the last fight. 
Uh, did he have a joint? Maybe. I think so. It's Would possible. It's certainly possible. Yeah. Uh, Greg Hardy is on the main card of this fight. We know, we know Greg Hardy. And then uh, you probably don't know either one of these guys, but this this is probably the best fight on the card, actually. Gilbert Burns and uh, Stephen Thompson. Oh, nice. By the so, way, speaking of Greg Hardy, congrats on uh, Hard Knocks for like the ninth time. Dude, this was maybe the best news uh, that I got last week. Dallas Cowboys back on Hard Knocks. Yeah, look, hey, I'm just glad because I watched the uh, the all-in Cowboys thing. I'm glad that Jason Garrett's not there, that we can finally get uh, – well, I don't know. Is Mike McCarthy interest, any more interesting than Jason Garrett? I mean, there at least Jason Garrett was trying or, like, checked in. Yeah. It'll be – look, I, yeah, it'll be fun. Sign me up. Um, hopefully Zeke decides to, like, go to, like, Cabo to train or yeah. something. We get some fun stuff there. He shows up late. Yeah. Arrives at the beginning of episode two. Um, I think the thing I like most about this is, number one, we all kind of feel like the front office slash coaching staff of this team is a complete train wreck. So to just get a look behind the scenes of that scenario is must watch. But secondly, this this generally follows a lot of the rookies and, and stuff like that. And the Dallas Cowboys, basically entire draft was defensive players because that's what they need. That's what needs to be fixed if they're going to be successful is fixing the defense. So to kind of just be able to have this view of like who these guys are, see their personalities a little bit on display um, is fun too. So, okay, I, obviously you're a Cowboys fan. So like Cowboys being on hard knocks, like you're, you're, you're in on that. Yes. Take the Cowboys out though. And any of the other 31 teams, I know by hard knock rules and all that stuff, they can't do teams that made the playoffs, but let's just say that rule doesn't exist. What team outside of the Cowboys do you think would be the best hard knock series this year? So for me, it's Green Bay. I like if oh, I could get an inside yeah. look at Green Bay yeah. right now. Yeah, I, that's number one by far. Green Bay would be top five. Cleveland would be top five. Cleveland would be good. I think Tampa. I, I think Tampa or New. I think Tampa would be good. Because we've never, Tom Brady's never been on hard knocks. Because they've never yeah, not made the playoffs in New England. That's true. And Belichick would never let them go do hard knocks there anyway. But how interesting would the Texans be this year? I wouldn't watch. I although you know I probably would need to watch so I can learn some of the players on their roster. Because oh that, yeah, there you go. I need I need something to educate me. I'm not a Texans. Well, fan the Deshaun anymore, Watson stuff. Cards. Oh, Arizona. Arizona would Arizona be great. would be good, yeah. JJ and there, yeah. Kyler, Cliff. Cliff. I mean, Cliff by himself would probably be entertaining. Right. To see what kind of co-eds he gets home that night. Yeah, follow Cliff to the evening uh, drinking establishment. College bars. Yeah. Kyler playing video games. JJ Watt doing uh, something to help charities. Or, yeah. JJ Watt... Uh, doing a workout at 3 a.m. on the field just because the cameras are there. <laughs> yeah, that would be good stuff. Arizona would be top five for me. So Arizona, oh, Cleveland, Green Bay, Dallas, and, uh, yeah, Tampa. I mean, you saw that uh, yesterday when they were doing the uh, the match stuff, I think they were doing their long drive stuff, uh, Aaron Rodgers was asked if he's going to be starting for the Packers this year, and he's like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I he's going to retire. I read... Uh, somebody tweeted yesterday, again, I, I haven't double-checked this, but somebody tweeted yesterday that the odds, actually, for what's going to happen next year, right now, the odds say that he will be quarterbacking the Packers. 
really. I think he's. I, I think he retires before he goes back and plays for Green Bay. He just. I don't know. I. I don't think they're gonna. I think that the front office is gonna be too stubborn to trade him, and he's gonna be too stubborn to go back, and he's just gonna. He's just gonna retire. I don't know if he's gonna. Yeah, I think he retires. He may come back next year, but I think he will sit out a hundred percent, sit out a year, or just not play. Um, I could see that. Oh, one thing I one thing I realized yesterday though that I'm super stoked about is I'm so conditioned that the NBA Finals like end and I've got like two and a half months before football starts. But by the time this series ends, we've got to wait what like four weeks before training camp starts, if that, like three weeks maybe. Three and weeks, we're, like, and we'll probably be a week away from like Big Twelve media days, I believe. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of stoked about the finals are that the playoffs started so late. Yeah, because I don't I don't have a love baseball, but like hell the the, the All Star game and the MLB All Star games is it this week or next? It's next week, right? Next week, yeah. We are actually seven days away from Big Twelve media days, July fourteenth wow. and fifteenth. So yeah, we're a week away. Mind blowing. Yeah, I'm all I'm all in on uh, the this long because it's kept me entertained so between the soccer between the euros and the yeah, playoffs yeah like it's taken me straight into football season i'm all for it i've always hated that uh basketball starts like at the midway point of the football season or at least you know yeah. in, at least when football season gets really just, good i just it's so hard to care about the nba the first yeah. two months of the nba it's because wasted it's well and then it ends and you have this football. massive gap i'm all in favor of them uh, moving their calendar to the point that they take the finals right up to Football training camp. Oh, yeah, why not? As long I mean, in years, I mean, the Olympics is tough right now, like scheduling-wise for a lot of the players, at least the ones that are going and playing. But most years, yeah, they're still going to get the same amount of off-season. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on that. Yeah, let's let's make that happen. All right, man. Uh, anything else on your mind? No, not that I can think of. I think I'm, uh, I don't think that's everything. Oh, we didn't get into it. We should talk about it. But uh, the uh, players, the college athletes getting can get paid now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... I... Uh, did you see the Kayvon Thibodeau thing already at Oregon? So I guess Do he what? was... Sorry, you cut out. Did you see uh, Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon? No. So I guess Phil Knight commission an artist to do a like art I don't know what it is painting or something of Kayvon Thibodeau so he's getting paid for his oh like yeah from Phil Knight oh, so nice here we go Oregon a, way to go there's a uh I saw this uh, earlier there's a uh, a gym owner in Miami he's gonna pay every player on scholarship at Miami $500 a month. Whoa. Nice. To like endorse yeah. the gym? Yep. There every you go. $540,000 a year. I love it. $500 every player, which is awesome yeah. if you're like the third string like left guard. Yeah. And some dudes can give you $500 a month because you're on scholarship. Like that's I like it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I do also, love the this is going to ruin college football crowd though. They're already getting paid. Like there's not nothing going to change. We're just going to know who's getting paid by who. Yeah. 
It's just not going to be shady anymore. The rich get richer. Maybe. Or, or maybe because so many or, people actually want more parity in college football, maybe OU doesn't get as many big-time recruits now because you have a better chance to play immediately at, like, Texas Tech. Yeah. And if you become a good player there, then you're more likely to get endorsement deals. Or maybe, you know, the, this guy, you get somebody like this guy in Miami who's giving every player on scholarship $500 a month, and then you don't have these kids who are broke, even though they're on scholarship are broke and feel like they have to go, you know, do something stupid. Yeah. But maybe, maybe $500 wouldn't have changed that. I don't know. But I mean, it could make, I mean, a lot of these kids are, even though they're playing football, they're like, they don't have extra money necessarily. Yeah. Oh. I mean, we might actually get 12 worthy teams to make the playoff in this new system. <laughs> no chance. Maybe, uh, maybe you don't. Maybe if you're a five-star linebacker, you don't want to go to Alabama and wait three years to start because you could go make money somewhere else. That's that's fair. That is just saying. an argument there. Maybe you could go to you know Missouri and right. make have some dude pay you a thousand dollars a month. Well, it, and it's probably not going to help. Like, I I don't know. It's well, probably not going to help Kentucky. But yeah, yeah it, it it probably spreads the wealth of like what Alabama gets every year what LSU gets every year and what Ohio State gets every year to, you know, the next tier. You know, maybe maybe Michigan gets I mean, a few more of those guys. Maybe Florida and Georgia get a few more of those guys. Maybe LSU and, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, even, like, programs like Tennessee are terrible on the field, but they're definitely not lacking for money. Right. Like, they're not lacking for boosters right. or any of that stuff. So, yeah, maybe, I mean, yeah, yeah. teams like Tennessee, like you said, and like the teams you listed, like, maybe it does help in Miami. I'll tell you what it does do, though. Um, for the people that don't like the transfer portal now, oh, I think the transfer portal... It's legitimately yeah, free agency now. The transfer portal now is going to be bananas. Well, because if you're not playing, you're out. Right. And if you're playing on a team where you may not be making much money with your image and likeness, you're going to feel like, well, you I know mean, what? If I was at Penn State versus being at, uh, you know, wherever, Northwestern. Right. I mean, imagine if you're... Uh, if you're like Justin Fields at Georgia and you can't find the field yeah. over, was it Justin? Jake, Jake Fromm, Fromm yeah. Yeah, you can't find the field. Well, guess what? Justin Fields, that name still carries a lot of weight even though you're not playing. Yeah. And you can absolutely go to Ohio State and make a ton of money. I mean, hell, who knows? Maybe he made some money when he, from going to Ohio State. But like now you can like, now you can just go do it and it's not yeah. a big, it, nobody cares. It's not a big deal. Or maybe he never commits to Georgia in the first place because Jake Fromm is already there and he's a right. day one starter at like Michigan. Making money. Makes money immediately. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I mean, it's going to change everything. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a game changer I mean, for sure. But for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. All I'm saying I, is let's uh, let's chop chop. Let's get that. Let's get that video game going. I love it. Yeah. This idea, though, that it's going to ruin college football. Um, any Anybody that thinks that college football is this squeaky oh, clean sure. entity um, where everything is done right obviously just hasn't been paying attention. It's been going, yeah, it's going on forever. I mean, SMU was buying cars for, yeah. for Eric Dickerson yeah. 35 years ago. Uh, did you see Mikey Henderson got kicked off of OU last night? Yeah. 
Stupid, man. That running back room, once again, uh, goes from being what looks like a massive strength on paper uh, to all of a sudden, like, whoa. Yeah, I mean, Kennedy Brooks is... Seth McGowan and Mikey Henderson gone. Yeah. I I haven't looked at their recruiting class of what they brought in this year, but, I mean, maybe they... They brought in some running back, but it's going to be a lot of Kennedy Brooks. So yeah. Eric which, Gray, I mean, the guy, could the have kid a from Tennessee, is, throw out there. Yeah, Eric Gray, the kid from Tennessee, I think oh, is going to be man, transfer, yeah. really good. But yeah, like you're you're now an injury away though from being in a in a bad spot. Bad situation. Yeah. Well, so hopefully they have a good quarterback this year. So there's a chance. We'll see. It's, well, he might turn out okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a roll of the dice. Who knows? All right, my friend. Uh, enjoy your day off and uh, have a good rest of the week. All right, see you later. Podcast is over.